0: Alright. Well, if you guys have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We're looking at a message today entitled, Ears to Hear. We're looking at the parable of the sower. Now, uh, on your note paper, you'll see uh, some blank spots for the different passages, and on the screen, you'll see the answer uh, for those passages. Uh, and the reason that there are three passages listed is because this parable, this story that Jesus taught, is in all uh, is in three different gospels, uh, other than John, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mark chapter four, Luke chapter eight, but Matthew chapter thirteen is the one that we're going to focus on today. So ears to hear. Now, have you ever listened to something but didn't actually hear it, like? Some of you might have the tendency to do this with uh, maybe a sibling, hopefully not a parent, where they could be talking, but you're not actually hearing anything that they're saying. Uh, I had this happen to me just a few days ago. I went to uh, one of my wife's cousin's graduation. Uh, and it was a high school graduation. No, it was cool. I w- I'd love to be there to support family. But if you've ever been to a graduation, they're not the most thrilling of events. Uh, and there, after they called the like 400th name, uh, it got old pretty quickly. Now it was exciting once they call that one name that you're there for out of like 600 people. But for the most part, like I was hearing the names, but I wasn't hearing the names. You guys know what I mean? Like we were listening for one name out of so many. And so I was, I was disregarding all the Tom Jones and the Sophia whatever. And, and, I, and I wasn't hearing it, right? And it's interesting how you and I have the capacity to, to hear but tune out. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, We can do this sometimes even while reading. Have you ever read a chapter and got to the end of the chapter knowing nothing new? Meaning that you didn't actually, you read, like you read the words, but nothing was clicking up here where you were thinking about something completely different. Uh, It can happen uh, in a lot of different ways. And because this reality can exist within our lives, we must be that much more intentional to make sure this doesn't happen when it comes to the teaching of God's word. It's crucial that we don't tune it out, that God's word doesn't become like background noise. You guys know what background background noise is, right? It's like when you're in the elevator, right? You got some of that, that little tune going. In the junior high room, uh, before and after service or in between the meet and greet, that we have music going on. Now, usually when I'm hearing the music in the junior high room, like I'm not actually listening to it. Like it's nice, you know, cut some of like the awkward, uncomfortable silence and stuff like that. And it's nice to have background music, but I'm not hearing the lyrics. You guys know what I'm talking about? We cannot do that with the Bible. The word of God must not just become background noise because of familiarity. And so Jesus taught the people. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Have you guys ever heard that phrase before? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, it's kind of funny when you think about it. It's something that Jesus said on a consistent basis. But he who has ears, like were there people listening to Jesus without ears? Like there might've been. Uh, (laughs) But for the most part, he's not talking about people that don't have ears. He's saying, hey, if you got ears, If you have the capacity and ability to listen, then lean in and listen up. See, Jesus taught a lot of people, but not a lot of people really heard him. Some people were there as skeptics. Others were there just for the free food, right? Jesus multiplied bread and fish, and so they were there for the miracle. But there were some who were there for the right motives, the right reasons, and they had the ears To hear. Now, Matthew chapter 13 is the chapter that you should be in. I want you to note down somewhere on the side of your paper that in the thirteenth chapter of the book of Matthew, the word here, H-E-A-R, is mentioned, recorded 19 times. In one chapter, the word here, H E A R, is recorded 19 times. That is significant and important for us to note down. So that's why we've titled the message Ears to Hear. So today, we're going to dive into Jesus's one of his most important parables as we learn what the key is to unlocking the power of the word of God in our lives. And so today, we're going to stand and read God's word. So why don't you stand with me? We're going to read out of Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to be reading the first nine verses. Now, we stand not out of... Um, it's not out of a, a, an ability for you guys to be able to hear me better. Uh, we have a mic for that. Uh, we are standing for the reading of God's word out of reverence and respect. Kind of like how if there was uh, the queen of England, right, to enter a room in, in England. We're not in England, but if the queen were to enter, like, you, you, you stand to your feet. Or if the president was to enter a room, the, the honorable thing to do is to stand in their presence, well, you and I are about to read the very written word of the King of Kings, and so we stand out of respect and honor to him, okay? Matthew chapter 13, look what you mean in your Bibles, starting in verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you would give us ears to hear, that it might, might not just be background noise, It might not just be something we physically hear, but something that makes its way to our heart. We pray that you'd give us understanding this day, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, one aspect about this parable that's very helpful for us as we begin to study it today uh, is that it is recorded in three of the four Gospels, which just give us greater insight into the perspective of what Jesus really said. The other helpful aspect is the fact that after this parable, after what you and I just read, uh, the disciples will go on to ask Jesus what it meant. They will ask for an explanation. I'm very thankful that they did so uh, because Jesus answers them. But before we get into the explanation, the first point of what we're looking at today is the expressed parable, okay, the parable expressed. It's just the fact that Jesus tells this story, this parable. Remember, a parable is to help uh, understand a spiritual truth. And so it's a physical story uh, that that should bring imagery and illustration to help understand a spiritual truth. And that's what we just read. We read a story about a sower who who was sowing seed. And Matthew gives us an insight that Jesus is teaching to uh, a mass multitude. Look there in verse 1 and 2 in your Bibles. This is something for you seventh graders, I will often ask you to do. We encourage you to keep your Bibles open the whole time on your lap so that you have it for easy reference. I will say, hey, look at verse so-and-so. And then so we want you to become familiar with that. And so verse one and two talks to us about that Jesus was teaching at the Sea of Galilee. And there was there a great multitude had gathered to him, and so he began to teach. And this would have been a mixed multitude. There would have been those with a good heart wanting to know him, his teaching, There would have been those who were skeptics. There would have been those who were even opposers. But we see that there is a great multitude. Now in verse three, he begins his story. Look there. He says, behold, a sower went out to sow. Look at verse three, a sower. Now notice that the word sower and sow uses the the letter O rather than the letter E. Look there, it says sower, S-O-W-E-R, sower. Now, a sewer with an E, S-E-W-E-R, is those who works with fabrics. It's kind of like when you rip a shirt or jeans and your mom begins to sew, right? That's S-E-W, but that's not the sewing that we have here. He says a sower went out to sew. This would have been more uh, like this guy uh, who was a farmer who works in a field. He's not clearly not working with fabrics. He's working with plants. And so when it says a sower went out to sow, this is the picture. It would be a, a guy in ancient times uh, that would have had a bag or bowl of seed, and he would have gone out to his fields to which he already prepped and would have begun to, to grab handfuls and spreading the seed. Now, why would he be, be spreading the seed? What's the purpose? Yeah, to grow plants, right? To grow crops, typically, in order to make a... a, a A living, right? To be able to sell those. And so a a sower would be someone who would be involved in agriculture. And this is the picture that Jesus gives to you and I. And it would have been, you know, seed along the lines of something like that, okay? The sower begins to sow seed. It's from this point that that's his intro, okay? He says, I want you to think about a man, a farmer who went to plant seeds, Okay? And Jesus goes on from this point to describe four different places, four different types of ground, four different types of soil that this sower's seed fell on. Uh, Would anyone be able to name the first ground for me? Ethan. Yeah, the wayside, right? So you can note it down in your own note-taking. You'll see the places for that in your guided notes. Uh, The first uh, ground, soil, Place that we see that this seed fell on, right? So have that guy in your mind that's going out and and spreading handfuls of seed. One of the places that this seed fell was by the wayside. Now, the wayside is not so much a location as much as it's a description of a type of ground. Now, what type of ground? Well, if you can notice in the picture behind the words, this will be a little bit more clear for you. Do you see the crops? And then you see those pathways, right? That would be considered the, the wayside. It would have been the place that the farmer and those who were involved would have been able to walk without stepping on the fruit, without stepping on the produce. Yes, make sense? And so it's by the wayside. Some of that falls not in the, in the plowed ground, but in the place next to it. And what happens to the seed that falls by the wayside? Can anyone tell me by the raise of hand? Yeah, That's that's the second one. That will be that will be what we're looking at next. Yeah, you in the back. Yeah, you, yeah. Who won the game? Um, got stomped underfoot. Yeah, it got it got trampled underfoot. That was one of the things. But there was also something else that in this gospel it tells us specifically. Yes, sir, Julian. Yeah, birds had a free lunch that day, right? They, the, the seed wasn't able to take root. Why? Because that wayside would have been hard. So it would have just been kind of there on the surface level. It wasn't even able to get in the dirt. And so the birds see, oh man, there's some seed, free lunch for the birds. Okay, so that's what happens with the first uh, pile of seeds that was thrown. What about the second? Does anyone... Yeah, the stony places, right? And we find this in verse five and six, the stony places. So some of that seed fell by the wayside. Some of that seed fell on what's considered stony places. Now in your mind, don't think about that. The seed fell on like just a bed of rocks, but it would have had an appearance of soil, good soil, but it would have been only so deep. It would have been very, a thin layer of soil and there would have been Rocks and things that would impede and stop any kind of growth from that seed. And so it would have an appearance of good soil, but right underneath it was never able to take the proper root. And so, because of that, uh, why, don't, why don't you give us it again? Uh, what happens to the seed this time? When the sun comes up, it gets smaller. Yeah, exactly, right? Because so she said, because the, the sun comes up and that seed wasn't able to get deep. Why? Because of the stones? And so it withers away. That seed, as soon as uh, the sun hits it, it has no moisture. it should be in the ground, and it's not. And so that seed is never able to bear the proper fruit. All right, Third, what is the third type of soil? Ben. Thorns, thorns right? Among thorns. Where we find this? Of course, in verse seven. Now, when it says among thorns, it wasn't that there were just like a bunch of random thorns on the ground. Uh, this would have been some kind of plant that was in good soil, like the soil was good enough for it to fertilize the seed for the thorns. Uh, but the problem was that once that seed got down, something happened, right? What, what happened to the seed once it mixed with the thorns? Yes. No, that's, that's the next one. Yes, sir, Jonathan. Yeah, exactly. So just like the seed, it actually was able to to get some good ground. But then as it began to grow, the thorns began to grow and choked out all that the seed wanted to produce so that it produced no fruit, okay? And then finally, what is the fourth one? She said it just a moment ago. We'll go with good ground, okay? It's good soil. When it says good ground, um, it was the type of soil that didn't have stones, didn't have thorns. It wasn't gonna be stomped on and walked over. It was kind of like something like this, okay? It was nutrient-dense soil that was able to produce a good crop. And so that fourth one of verse eight, it was good ground. And what happened once this seed finally found some good ground? Weston, why don't you tell us? Yeah, it yielded good fruit, like really good. Notice it says 100-fold, 60-fold, 30. This is the idea that it was multiplied greatly. Uh, a normal crop is not produced 100 times what that seed was able to do. But we're told that this was an abnormal expansion of produce that came from these seeds. Why? Good ground. It was able to do what the seed was intended to do. What's that seed intended to do? It's intended to go into that ground. Seeds actually die. And by their death, the roots are able to come and begin to to make their way in the soil. And what happens? Life is brought forth. That little bit of seed uh, is able to, to turn into a plant. And eventually, after water and sunshine, fruit would be the result. And so this is the story that Jesus tells. Now, there are no doubt people in the crowd saying, Because Jesus' own disciples didn't understand it. And so it's at this point that Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. There were many that were listening to what he was saying, but there are only some that understood the spiritual significance behind the truth that he spoke. Now, I'm very thankful that this is not the end. There are some parables that Jesus has left for you and I to, to seek to interpret, and it takes a little bit more work. What I loved about studying this week for this parable for you guys was that Jesus gave the explanation. Now, I still had to do my study and my work to make sure I understood and, and prayed through what God wanted us to get today. But I'm so thankful that Jesus went on to explain it. The disciples come to him privately and say, Hey, Jesus. What you That story about the seed and stones, thorns, what was that about? And Jesus, being the great teacher that he is, begins to teach them. But Jesus does say this according to Mark's gospel. Mark chapter 4, verse 13. We don't have this recorded in Matthew, but in Mark, before Jesus explained the parable, this is actually what he said to the disciples who were with him. He said this, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable... How will you understand all the parables? See, the parable of the sower was Jesus' first parable that he ever taught. And in light of this verse, this shows us that it is this parable that is the key to unlock the understanding of not only the other parables that Jesus taught, but also, I believe, the very word of God. It is in the understanding of the foundational truth of what Jesus taught in this parable that you're gonna be able to understand God's word in any way. This is the, the kind of the first and primary. And that's why we started here this day because we over the next uh, year for you eighth graders and two years for you seventh graders, we're gonna go into the word of God. We're gonna be teaching it week after week after week. And we need to understand the proper w- way to approach it. And so we find in verses 18 through 23, Jesus goes on to explain this parable. You guys should be able to flip your papers around and you will see more section for you to fill out. And simply, we're going to go back over the parable, but with a new lens, a new ability to see what Jesus was intending by all of the things that he said. And so we're going to read it together. You'll notice. In your own Bibles, in verses 10 through 17, Jesus explains the purpose for parables in the first place. And then in verse 18, he begins to explain this specific one. And so look with me in your Bibles. You should still have them open on your lap. Look at verse 18, and we'll read down to verse 23. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. And so it's at this point that Jesus begins to explain this parable to the small group of his disciples. I want you to note down Luke chapter 8, verse 11. uh, Matthew leaves out something very important. He he implies it by context, but I love how Luke just says it straight out. Uh, He says that Jesus said, this is the meaning of the parable, that the seed is the word of God. And so we know without any doubt that that seed— is representing the word of God. And so if that seed is representing God's word going out, then the different types of soil represent different people who hear God's word. Meaning that right now, this parable is in action in the sense that I am teaching you the word of God. And so right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, seeds from the word of God are going out. In a sense, I have that bag, and I'm throwing out, and some of that seed is falling on good ground. Some of you right now are engaged, you're taking notes, you're listening, you're following along, and understanding is happening. For some of you, you're in a different dimension, and the, the, the seed is just, it's, it's kind of like by the wayside, that the enemy is easily able to take that and just, and, and nothing will produce some, maybe you're like the stony or thorny ground, or maybe right now you're getting it, but then this afternoon comes and something difficult happens and it, and it makes no fruit in your life, or maybe you get so caught up in other things that it chokes out what God wanted to do with his word. And so it's at this point that Jesus begins to explain the different types of ground representing different people. And so with a new lens, now that we know this, let's look back at Jesus' explanation and go through these four again. Okay, of course, the first one is by the wayside. Who who is represented as the one that would be by the wayside? Well, Matthew gives us this insight that this would be the person who lacks understanding when they hear God's word. Look at verse 19 in your own Bible. You'll notice the, 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 uh, how Jesus puts it. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, that is when the enemy is able to come and take away. That word snatch, it literally means to rob. You know, right now in this place, the enemy is seeking to rob God of what he planted. Satan can't stop God's word from going out, but he can stop it from germinating. He can stop it from getting roots and he can take it away as quick as it came. That's what's happening right now in this room. In the main sanctuary, your your parents are hearing God's word be proclaimed and the enemy is here. He's working in this place. Now we praise God that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world and the Holy Spirit is also working is also seeking to water. And that sunshine of God's light is seeking to, to have that seed find that good ground. But for some, it's the lack of understanding that is the way for the enemy to come in and do what he wants to do. And so some, what are some of those deterrents of understanding? Well, I, I think there's two primary ones. One is you will not understand God's word if you don't want to understand God's word. I know that sounds silly. Have you guys ever heard of the word apathy? It means to not care. One of the ways that you will not understand is is to have an apathetic attitude. It's to come in without a Bible. It's to come in not taking notes, to sit back and to twiddle your thumbs. You will not have understanding. Listen, the Bible's not magical. It's powerful, but not magical. Meaning just because the Bible is open on your lap does not mean it has the power to change you. It has it, but you are not... Experiencing it. It is in the understanding of the Word of God that then God will use that Word in your life to change you and to then produce incredible things in and through you. The other one I think is distractions. You know, you might come in here with a heart to learn, a desire to understand, but then you're distracted. And that can be a variety of different things. And that's why we seek to limit those distractions. That's why this is a no-phone zone. That's why we want you guys to go to the bathroom before because we don't want anything to interrupt. We don't want any to give any opportunity for the enemy to come and snatch the good seed that God would plant in your life, my life, or any of our lives. Does that make sense? And so those are the ones who are by the wayside. Secondly, right, it's the stony places. Some of that seed fell by the stony places. We see the explanation of this in verse 20 and 21. Now, what's kind of interesting about this soil is that it's actually, he says, it is he who hears and immediately receives it with joy. Remember how I told you about that thin layer that would that would lay on top of the stony ground underneath would be the stones, that's kind of the picture that we have here. Oh man, like this is awesome. And then not too long later, that something difficult comes and, and the work that was done is withered away. He says specifically that this would be the one who only endures for a while. And then when hardship, when trial, when persecution, tribulation, they crumble just as fast as they were initially excited. And so this is the person who's super excited. That was a great Bible study. Oh my gosh, God changed my life. And then on Monday, they get a little bit of pushback. Someone makes fun of them for being a Christian. They do something in obedience to the word they heard. And immediately at that, they say, oh, it's not worth it. And they go back. You know, it's kind of like that story that Jesus taught as well about the, the man, the fool who made his house on the sand. Do you remember? He made his house on the sand and what came? A storm, a storm came and beat against that house and the house was destroyed. And he said, so is the one who hears God's word but does not do God's word. So this is the one who, man, it looks like a pretty good house until something gets hard and it all comes crashing down. The third one is uh, the seed that fell among thorns, verse 22. This is the person contrary to difficulty this is actually good stuff in life Who that would deter this person uh, from allowing God's word to settle in. This person as well kind of receives it. It begins to, to get in there. But then the cares of this world, it says, the deceitfulness of riches, good things in life, but it begins to choke out the best thing. And You know, we've all experienced this to some extent. We've heard something that God spoke to us and we're excited about it. It's something that, man, it felt life-changing. It felt like that person teaching was speaking directly to you. You're almost looking around to see if anyone notices because of how applicable it is to you. It happens. And for you to be excited about that, but then two hours later, you just get so consumed with something else that it just becomes like background noise. And it can happen. And those are the ones who fall among the thorns. And then fourth, and finally, of course, where we all want to be, the good ground, verse 23. Notice, look in your Bibles, look at verse 23, and look at what Jesus says. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and what? Understands it. The light bulb comes on. He gets it. Why? Because he had ears to hear. Listen, God's word, you are able to understand God's word, each and every one of you. And the reason that you maybe do not understand God's word is for no reason but your own. I would challenge you guys, if God's word right now is something that's confusing, something that is boring, something that doesn't click, then begin to come to church, begin to approach the Bible with the heart of good ground, of being willing, saying, God, I want to know with ears to hear. And I believe over time, you'll begin to see the word of God begin to germinate in your life. And at first it's all under the surface, right? When, when stuff is happening to, to a, a plant, it's not always apparent at first, right? And then over time, you see a little bit of growth. You're like, ooh, oh, it's exciting. And then you see the first little fruit until eventually it begins to bear fruit. And notice some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. This is what God wants to do in our lives. And it is by the understanding of the word of God that you are going to be able to do anything. John 15:8, Jesus was to say, did say, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Listen, you were created for one reason, and that is to live a life that glorifies God. And it is an enjoyable experience. There's no greater satisfaction and contentment than having God work in your life that the fruit of the Spirit begins to be produced, that good things are being done through you and you're just this vessel. It is awesome, but it all begins with an understanding of the word of God. But learning about this parable, there's a compelling conclusion to this. And I believe that there's a point to all of this. And I think Jesus would want his hearers to ask that inner question of what kind of soil am I? And that's the question we all must ask ourselves today. Am I the wayside where my lack of understanding allows Satan to take away what God's trying to plant in my life? Is it through apathy and distractions that God's word never takes root? And so I've heard some of you, if you've been going to church your whole life, you've heard hundreds of Bible studies, but maybe there's still no evidence in your life. Why? Yeah, the seeds have been going out. Children's ministry leaders and your parents have been faithful to spread the word of God, but it's never taken root because of your lack of understanding. Are you the stony ground where where there's this initial excitement, but then something hard happens. The rubber meets the road and you just kind of fold. Are you the thorny ground where you get excited about God's word, you know God's speaking to you, but you get so consumed with things that don't matter, but things that are good things, but they're not the best thing. Or are you, am I, the ground where understanding is allowed to set in And so God produces good fruit in our lives. My encouragement to you today, as we start this new season, listen, we are not gonna hold back. We are gonna dive deep into this book. We're gonna talk about the deep things of God. And I wanna encourage you, every time you show up to this place, you bring your Bible, you take notes, you be ready, and God's gonna change your life. Let's pray. Well, God, um, we're humbled that you would want to work in our lives. We thank you for the people in our lives that have spread that seed of your word. And Lord, we know that, Lord, to some extent, all of us have been the wayside. All of us have been the stony ground, the thorny ground at some point. But God, our desire is to be that good soil, soft, moldable. And so God, if, if there's any apathy in our hearts, that, that, that feeling of not caring, if we're distracted by things, we just pray that you would give us a focus that would be unmatched, unparalleled, and that you would work in our life We know that our purpose is to glorify you, and we ask that it would be your spirit, by your word, that would produce good fruit, some hundredfold, some 60, some 30, but that our lives would be be, live for you. And so we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.